Hello, hello, all of my beautiful freaking people. Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I have a good one for you today. We are digging in to all things relationships, why they fail, and how you can keep them healthy. Sit back, grab a cocktail, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. All right, y'all. Dr. Abby Medcalf is here. This episode is so good. She is a best-selling author, a TED Talk speaker, a psychologist, podcast host. All the things that she talks about revolve around relationships. She's been working with couples for over 30 years, and she has uncovered the real reason that relationships fail. We are going to get into all of the things today, really what's at the core of why relationships fail, what you can do to fix that, how you can come to the table and make sure your side of the street is clean and keep your relationships healthy. So let's get the fuck into it. Abby Metcalf, welcome to FML Talk. I am so happy to have you here, girl. I am very happy to be here. I'm excited to to dig in. We're going to dig deep today. <laughs> Before we like kick it off, because I have so many good questions for you, can you tell everybody a little bit about your background and who you are? Sure. So I'm a New Yorker and I live in the Bay Area of California, which is weird because I wear stilettos and everyone here is in Lululemon pants. But love it, um, love it. other than that, you know, I'm a Jew from New York, right? So we go to school forever. So I have a <laughs> ma- master's in counseling psychology, an MBA, and then my PhD is in organizational psychology. So it's a little different, my background, which is why I think what I talk about is a little different because I'm sort of merging worlds. And I'm a, I'm a TEDx speaker and I have an Amazon number one bestselling book and uh, I yeah, like you do. Bragging, bragging about me in Florida. And um, yeah, you know, all the things. And I call myself a relationship maven. I totally, I just love relationships. I love them. Everyone, every single kind. I love it. Well, we love to talk about relationships on this show. I have a lot of single listeners. I have a lot of listeners that are in relationships. I have a lot of listeners that are in happy marriages and unhappy marriages. Mm-hmm. So we are going to talk about something that is so important today. And that is the real reason why relationships fail. So please, Abby, enlighten (laughs) us and tell us what the fuck that is. (laughs) Well, so for years and years, everyone who ever came to me pretty much said, you know, I'd say, hey, how you doing? What are you struggling with? Single or not, single or married or whatever. And they would always say communication. You know, the number one problem in my relationship is communication. And I have to tell people they're wrong, you know, that and wrong in a good way. It sort of upsets me in some ways because I've been on the receiving end of therapy where I was told to do certain things, you know, to communicate better back Mm -hmm. in the day and they didn't work. And I always thought it was a failure of me. And really, (laughs) it's because our communication tools come after something else. And that is the number one problem, I believe, in relationships is competition. Mm. that we are very much set up from the time we're little. We say things like my better half, my other half, you know, he completes me, which makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little. Vomit, and, you know, yeah. think, right, right. <laughs> things like that. So 
I realized really early on that, you know, we have this idea of this 50-50 thing and, you know, how things are supposed to look. And they just don't ever look that way. <laughs> and when you're in a relationship, it's all about keeping scores, what ends up happening, because that's sort of what that 50-50 thing does. So when you have kids, it gets really bad. But even before, there's a lot of resources, time, money that you start to compare, right? You know, what mm -hmm. you're doing versus what your partner's doing. We're always doing more, of course. And whether that's, you know, well, you spent money out with your friends the other day, I get to spend this much money now, or I took Susie to baseball practice on Monday. Now you have to take Jack to piano on Friday. You know, it's all, it comes up all the time. You know, I put away the dishes. We say things, right? It's your turn to put away the dishes. If you think right. of that, it's your turn. You're like keeping score. You're taking turns. Like you're tracking this shit. Like this is why relationships don't work. And it really is. It's, it's, so then when you try to communicate, what's under there is this idea that if you win, I lose. Mm. If you're getting more of the resources in this relationship that I'm losing and I don't want to lose. So I'm not going to be happy for you with your wins. You know, I'm not going to be as excited as I could be if you get to hang out after dinner and put your feet up and I'm in here, right? There's a constant looking at what our partners are doing and comparing it to what we're doing. And right. you can't, it just doesn't work because it's based on fear, right? Getting taken advantage of or, you know, that it's not even and there's some divine number you're supposed to have to be fair. And it's never taking into account that we're a team and we're a shared resource. And if you're burnt out, then our team is burnt out. Yeah. So, and we always look to our partners, right? If something has to happen, and I still do it. I still make this mistake. You know, if something has to happen in my house and I can't get to it, I'm always looking to Gary, my man, right? I'm like, hey, the whatever needs to happen. And that's the mistake we make if we can't do it, right? The resources have to be in the couple. Right. And the big thing I tell people is that you'd want to do two things in those situations. You want to either get things off your collective plate, because it's one plate, by the way. Your mm -hmm. partner can't take anything off your plate. It's the same, it's the same plate. <laughs> it's the same plate. They can't take right. anything off. That, that's not how it works. So you either have to just take things off the collective plate and really, you know, not overwhelm your lives. My kids were never involved in 50 things. I, I just, I kept our lives very simple for that reason. Mm -hmm. Or you have to bring in resources from outside the couple instead of looking to your partner to do it. So if there's something that has to happen, instead of immediately going to your partner, well, you got to do this thing, think, well, can we bring in something from outside the couple? Can we hire someone to walk the dog? Can, you know, mm -hmm. I had a neighborhood kid who used to pick up dog poop in the backyard. Oh my God, I love that. That's the worst fucking job that there is on like the household chore list for sure. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Right? For everybody. And so I was either telling my kids how to do it or him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, I love it. So you say that the reason that communication falters is because there's this undercurrent of keeping score and we're competing with our partner. And then the trust breaks down and we stop really listening to one another. So can you give me kind of an example of what that looks like? Because on the surface, it looks like we can't fucking communicate to save our lives. <laughs> so how does that come across with that undercurrent? Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of everywhere, really. I have this great example, actually. My tires were low on my car one day. <laughs> Jerry noticed and he's like, your tires are low on your car. And I was like, oh, and you know, I'm from, you know, New York City. I don't know from low tires. on. I don't know about cars. People ask me right. what car I have. I say, <laughs> I say silver, drive. right? I say silver. <laughs> I have a silver car. Uh, so I didn't know. what. So yeah. And then later in the week, he sees that they're still, he's like, 
babe, the tires, are low. this is dangerous. You can't drive around like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know what I was thinking. I was not taking it in because in my head, I had to like go to a mechanic and take a day off of work. And I didn't know what it meant to put right. air in tires. I really didn't understand. <laughs> and so one day when I woke up in the weekend, he was just driving up in the car. I said, oh, what do you, what did you do? He goes, oh, I was filling up the air in your tires. And I said, oh, thank, I acted like he split the atom. I just want to say that first. Okay. <laughs> I acted like the man fell from heaven. <sighs> I said, oh my God. And he said, you know, I was thinking that gonna, I was getting mad at you. Like, why aren't you doing this thing with the tires I told you to do? He said, he said, and then I realized you're the most competent person I know. <laughs> he said, if you weren't putting air in the tires, there had to be a reason. He's the one who figured it out, by the way, the New York thing. And he said, but I also thought like from all the times I'm telling you to do it, I could just go do it. If it's so easy, why don't I just go do it? Right. Why don't I help you out? Like you're competent. If you're not doing it, there's a reason. Right. And that's the other side of it. Mm. When you realize you're a team and that if, if you're looking at your partner, right, he wasn't looking at me like you're not doing, you're not keeping up your end of the bargain, you know? Right, like, right. I have to go do other important things while you go fill your friggin' tires, right? That is the opposite side of it. That's how it looks. Someone has the the most generous interpretation of what you're doing. They're loving and kind. They ask you questions instead. And so yeah. if anything's happening that's not that, I'm telling you, it's the competition breakdown. It is the, you know, waking, I just I had this with a client recently. She got up in the morning and the dishes weren't put away, right? Which mm -hmm. her husband was supposed to do the night before and he promised to do. And she gets up in the morning, you know, she's got, they've got two kids and, you know, she wants a clean landing, you know, to start the day. Yeah. And here are the dishes not put away. And that's fair, reasonable, right? You know, he said he would do it and he didn't. Of course, she storms up the stairs, is yelling at him, like, I'm sick of this shit and you never do what you say. You know, then we get into the always or never stuff. Right, <laughs> right. Making these blanket statements. And the breakdown was very serious. And we had been working together for a little while. And she said, which was great. She said, I saw my mistake right away. Mm. And because I just was like, this isn't fair, right? You're not doing your side. And realized that he would never do this on purpose. Like he didn't go downstairs and look right. at the dishes and go, fuck her. I fuck this I bitch. I'm not doing this. this. <laughs> I hope she's really mad at me and wakes me up tomorrow and yells at me. That's what I'm hoping for. So I'm not going <laughs> to do it. I'm not saying no one's ever been passive aggressive in a relationship, but that's not usually why our partners don't do something we asked, you know? Right. And she caught herself and she said, she goes, you know what I did? I dropped my arms. I said, I am sorry. She said she crawled into bed with him. Aww. And he, I know, she said, I need a hug. I, I'm, you know, and he did. And she said, you know, she took a breath. She said, it's really hard for me when I went downstairs and the dishes weren't put away. And he said, I'm so sorry. You know, he was, he was like, I'm yeah. so sorry. I'll go do it right now. And she said, it's not even that. It's just, you know, I don't want to feel disappointed. Like I, I think, right. I feel like this happens all the time. I'm sure it doesn't, but it feels mm -hmm. that way. And they had the most awesome conversation, about, she said, about him just saying, like together, what she said to him was, I want to solve this issue. And I don't know that it means that you have to, maybe we have to hire someone who comes at night and cleans the house. I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe someone should come in the morning and help me with the kid. I don't know what the answer is, but the answer is not. If you do forget with some regularity and he did admit that he said, yeah, I do. You're right. I probably do. It's because he's overwhelmed, right? So right. it's not sticky that he has to do this other thing or he's not writing it down like he should, but they problem solved it together.
Mm-hmm. They sort of came together to be like, this does have to happen. It shouldn't be her, right? That's not really fit. You know, it's not like the woman should just keep taking on things because somebody can't get, or the man, whoever. Yeah. And so, but there is the space of like, but let's talk about it. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son. And for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. Well, and that's why communication is so freaking important. My fiance and I talk about it all the time. Like that's the number one thing that you need to be doing, whether it's like just with you and your partner or in therapy, like in some capacity, like that's the glue of your relationship. Because if you don't communicate, then resentment starts building up. And then you get into those fights where you're like, oh yeah, well, three years ago when (laughs) this person did this, you weren't there for me. And it's like, what? How have you even logged that into your brain? You must be fucking exhausted. (laughs) And I, let me give you some really two super simple strategies right now, like to up your communication game. Yeah. First and foremost, you have to connect to correct. So what did she do? She connected with him for you. You can't correct some like, I need you to do this or don't do that. Or I don't like this. You need to be connected first. Mm-hmm. emotionally when we're connected to someone we want to do things for them we, we we're like tripping over ourselves right to help but when we're in the fuck you stance of you know someone yelling at us and we're defensive and yeah but i did this because we always keep score right that's what happens from that well i did this this and this last night you know uh, that's why i couldn't put away the dishes or we have some excuse and instead there's this place where you connect first. And the thing that people always say to me is like, well, when we're getting along, I don't want to bring up the shitty thing because <laughs> we're getting along. I, I don't want to bring it up. But I have to tell you, that is the best time. Or yeah. even the way my client did it, which was brilliant, where she, mm-hmm. I mean, she just like, and he saw her vulnerable and like, she said, my lip yeah, was like, wave, like lay, wave the white flag yes. and be like, okay, shit, I fucked up. Let's just right? discuss this for a second. It's like, I need to not be screaming at you. I don't like what you did, but screaming yeah. is really not what I want to do. So she connected, they connected. Then they problem solve together. I mean, it doesn't get better, right? So that's first and foremost. If you want to say something to someone, I always say you can just usually not when you want to say it. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. usually have to kind of wait a little bit. So connect to correct. Have that in your head all the time. And then the other thing I say a lot is you don't want to, when you're communicating, 
don't sack, S-A-C. Don't offer suggestions, give advice, or criticize. Mm. I know people are like, well, what's left? But don't, <laughs> don't, don't offer suggestions. I mean, think about how hard this is. Mm-hmm. No suggestion and like nothing. No, and no criticism. No, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. So instead, and that is what she ended up doing. She got in a bed and she says, you know, tell me about what happens for you. And you have to be truly curious. So what you do instead of sacking is you ask questions. Mm. But they need to be open-ended questions as much as possible. And you need to be truly curious, not like you know the answer and you're leading them somewhere, right. but truly, truly curious and open. And that's what she did. So, you know, tell me more about whatever the thing is. You know, what happens when I talk to you? What happens at night when we have things we're supposed to be doing? You know, she just was curious, like fact-finding. What right. is it that happens? And how, you know, do you want to ask me what's happening for me? Yeah. And, and, and having the questions both ways. Can you tell me more about that is my, probably my absolute favorite question to ask. Yeah. If you don't like your sex life, I get this a lot. You know, people come, right? They don't like, someone wants more sex than the other person. That's pretty common. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know, those conversations almost never go well, right? <laughs> because somebody's <laughs> wrong and someone's right. So I will also say that those, remember that wanting sex less or more is a preference. There's not a right. right answer. So I just want to be clear. But so my favorite question for that is to ask, if you feel like you want to have more sex, go to your partner and again, be really curious. Don't be leading anywhere, but ask them, Hey, what would you like to see more of in our sex life? Mm -hmm. What would you like to see more of? Yeah. That question will, there's no suggestion, there's no advice and there's no criticism. Yeah. It is such a great question to open up. I we have a great sex life. And I asked that question because I'm always thinking what, what is made? That's why why we have a great sex life. Like, what would you like to see right. more of or less of? Or what have you been thinking about when it comes to sex? Or I don't know. You know, you can ask a million questions that aren't accusatory or angry or any of those things to try to really understand maybe why your partner doesn't want to have sex as much or, mm-hmm. you know, why they want to have sex so much. Yeah. And yeah, it's, the, it's, it's- It's giving them like a safe space to come forward with information instead of accusing them and like beating them into a corner for it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So asking questions really, no matter what the topic is always your answer, but and just be careful not to ask a question. That's a suggestion, right? Well, have you thought of this or have you tried that? That's no, no, no. That's cheating. That's that doesn't Mm -hmm. count. But anything else, what's one thing I could do right now that could help you feel better? Mm-hmm. What's That's one thing tough. I could say right it, now? It's, it's tough. I'm like thinking back on when Tay and I, you know, are trying to communicate through something difficult and we're very good at it, but like there's definitely suggestions and like <laughs> things like that. I think one of the things that helps us a lot instead of saying, well, you did this and you made me feel this, saying when you did this, it made me feel or I felt you know, to really like kind of put it on, not you did this on purpose and like you're a horrible person because of it, but like this caused me for whatever reason to experience this emotion. It kind of takes the accusatory off and puts it on like, I just need you to hear how this made me feel. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'll, I'll even go one step farther for that one. If you switch the order, it's even better psychologically. Mm -hmm. Right. So we call it the I feel statement. I feel mm-hmm. when you. Yes. And I need. 
Yes. If you can add, I don't always know what I need, frankly. <laughs> so I'm just sort of upset. <laughs> that I don't even know what I need. You can leave off the I need if you don't know. But when right. you start with I and how you feel, the beauty is you can't be wrong. But as soon as you start in with someone on what they're doing, yeah, you know, we tend to get on the defensive. But when I'm Absolutely. hearing that you don't feel good, I would also really always encourage people that if anger is always the answer of how you feel, you're not digging far enough. So yes. just stop. There's a great uh, Celeste Ang, the author. She has the best line ever. I already know I what you're going to say, but go ahead and drop anger, it. <laughs> anger is the bodyguard of fear, right? Oh, no, that's not what I thought you were going to oh, say, but that's great too. It is the, I wish I had written this line. It, it, it angers me that I did not. Anger is the bodyguard of fear. Oh, that's so great. it's beautiful. And so if frustration, anger, resentment, if that's your first thing, you know, when you're talking to somebody and like, I feel really angry, you know, that you want to just drop down for a minute. And mm -hmm. what else? What else do you feel? Right. And you'll find every time you feel hurt, you feel mm -hmm. rejected, you feel abandoned, you feel misunderstood. Yeah unappreciated, unheard. Those words are much different when you're trying to communicate with someone. They're more likely, they're more vulnerable. So they're more likely for the other person to lean in mm -hmm. as opposed to lean out. When you yeah. come at them with the anger, and I would even argue that anger is a reaction, not the actual oh, sure. Thing. Right. Sure. I, the, the quote that I thought you were going to say was I invited my anger in long enough until I realized it was grief. It was grief. Yep. And it's always that's the, the point of all of the quotes is that like it's never just the anger. That's a surface level emotion. And when you can get underneath that, that's yep. like where the ouch spot is. It's like doing fucking thought onions. Yep. So <laughs> totally 100 percent. Yep. So you talk about the five step process to effective communication in a relationship. Have we already covered that? We've covered most of it. Okay. I would say the one we have not is first things first is that no matter what else you do, you got to work on being mindful mm. or you, you're like a fish who doesn't know it's wet. You don't realize that you're reacting to something. Right. And it becomes too late. You know, for my mm -hmm. client who I mentioned, she's been doing a lot of mindful work, which is why she caught herself. Yes. Yeah, so she wasn't perfect. She didn't catch herself before. Right. But she caught herself pretty quick. Better late than and, never. <laughs> right? Better late than ever. And was able to come in and really speak differently. But if Gary's talking to me about something and I'm noticing I'm getting defensive, we call it metacognition. So it's almost like I'm looking at myself going, oh, girl, you are, woo, mm -hmm. you're getting hot. You know? Yeah. Like, take a breath. He's not your mom. You know? Mm -hmm. Take a minute. It was always my mom. My poor mom. It was always my mom. You know, take a minute. And then I can I can act, not react. Right. Yes. So yeah. mindfulness is always the first thing you want to work on over and over and over. Yes. I do have a free mindfulness starter kit on the website. So if you want to send people there, it's free. There's oh, nothing yeah. about it. There's no like no what's money the, or credit what's card. The, what's the website? People it's should just, absolutely go just, check that out. Uh, abbymedcalf.com. Like at my name.com. A-B-B-Y-M-E-D-C-A-L-F. Abbymedcalf.com. It's on the shop page, but I promise there's no, I don't do anything sleazy. There's no credit cards or weirdness. You just, <laughs> just ask. And just go I will be mindful. <laughs> yeah, you just actually, right? That's it. And it's a free mindfulness starter kit. And because I talk about mindfulness so, so much on my podcast, like all the time when I'm talking about relationships. Mm -hmm. So that's why I created it. I'm like, you need to do this. Like there yeah. is no weird upsell where I'm going to try to sell you something after. Like it's just that, I promise. <laughs> I, just, I believe you. <laughs> just love. It's just love, a mindful world where we'll have great relationships. That's it. <laughs> Amazing. Because that is really, truly so important.
So your book, Be Happily Married Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing, which I fucking think that's an amazing title and is really like how to have a happy relationship even if your partner refuses yep. to do anything differently. When I first read that, I was like, er, no, sorry, <laughs> unsubscribing to this like thought. Absolutely not. Because I'm probably on like too far on the other side of the fence where like I'll hop on the podcast on solo episodes and be like, is he not doing enough? Fucking leave his ass. Like just bye-bye. Like he won't do this. He won't do this. Like absolutely not. He won't go to therapy. Bye. He won't fucking talk about his feelings. Bye. But you know, that's me personally. And I'm sure there's a middle ground somewhere. So I'm so interested to hear a little bit about what the fuck that means because my brain has a hard time (laughs) comprehending it. tell you it's backed by science so let me let me go there really well, quick fuck if it's backed by science know, okay right if it's science <laughs> and i i it came about this because for years i worked with executives and uh, i was in international mergers and acquisitions for many years working with executives who were in trouble and i was changing their relationships it was all men with their wives and i never met the wives Mm, interesting. And I started to realize I was onto something. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like how they kept coming to me, like I'm working at their business and they're mm-hmm. telling me how happy they are at home. And I thought, what am I doing? What is right. this? And I bottled that and put it in the book. But here's the deal. Our conscious brains process information at a rate of 50 bits per second. This is a work of Timothy Wilson. While our subconscious minds process information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. I want you to sit with that for a minute. Okay, so consciously I think something, 50 bits, that's all all I can do. While my subconscious brain is processing at a rate of 11 million bits per second. And the easiest example of this is if you've ever bought a car or even thought of buying a car and -hmm. suddenly that car is all over the road, right? You consciously thought about a gray BMW and all of a sudden there's gray BMWs everywhere you look, okay? Mm-hmm. So if I'm thinking my partner's always nagging me, my brain will send that, <laughs> right? I will be looking for my partner nagging me. Mm. My brain is very aware and attuned to what's around. Now, the other thing is that it means that your partner doesn't hear what you say, they hear what you mean. So when you're coming at your partner kind of waiting for that, you know, like, oh, I'll be nice for a week and I'll see. And if they don't change, then I'm out of here. That's not going to change anything. And that's the communication. That's what's under communication. Your partner is picking up on that 11 million bits. They pick up on your doubt, your worry, your anxiety, Mm -hmm. even if your words are all beautiful. And then, you know, you've talked to someone who was bullshitting you and they were saying all the right things and you were thinking, this person's full of crap. Yeah. Because that's the 11 million bits. So we do it with our partners all the time. People will come to me and get a tool for communication and then go like, well, this isn't really going to work because our relationship, you know, ours is really fucked. Like they don't even know. And your partner picks up on that. And so you're acting differently, but they're picking up on this dissonance, you know, this Mm -hmm. where things don't match up. And they're thinking, well, I'm not going to change because I'm not believing this. And sure enough, a week goes by, they haven't changed. So you stop doing what you're doing. And then they go, see, I was right. And you go, see, I was right. (laughs) Right. And it's like, no, nobody was right. Nobody was right. So you've got to really put in your full, that full kind of 100%. You have Mm -hmm. to just be fully there that this is going to work. If you want it to work, you know, you got it. You sort of have to put that in there. And that's what these men were doing without me realizing that I was working with. They were, I was giving them these tools because I I didn't see the wife. They couldn't blame her. 
They right. can only take responsibility for themselves. And that's what you really need to do is you have to take responsibility for the relationship. It doesn't mean you do all the work. It doesn't mean, I'm not talking that. It doesn't mean you take, you know, that's codependency. We're not doing that. Yeah. But I'm taking 100% responsibility for what I am co-creating here. And I am bringing my A game every day. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see what opens up and I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to, you know, really pay attention to how I feel. In this relationship, do I feel supported? Do I feel uplifted? Do I feel those things to me are, I don't know why else people are, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to be in a relationship where I don't feel like this person right. has my back. I don't right. see the point. I have plenty of great girlfriends. Like I'm fine. Like I, I don't, I don't need that. So if I can feel that. And so, yeah, maybe Gary said something I don't like, but if I can feel this support that is still there, then I can work on that connection as we talk. That's that Mm -hmm. kind of 11 million bits. Do you know what I'm saying? Is always at work. Yeah, totally. And I think it goes back to your thoughts create your reality. And when people are trying to like manifest stuff, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be like financial or career driven. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to manifest a change in your relationship, if you're really wanting to see a difference and focus on something, you can't only see yourself doing that. Like there's a really powerful meditation practice where you get quiet and you're, you know, in whatever Zen state you're in. And not only do you see yourself existing in that space, Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're trying to create, you then see the other person or the other people that are involved seeing you. Mm -hmm. And then you zoom out to the back of the room and you see yourself seeing them see you. See you. Because so all of those things are so important for there to be some positive change. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's a really powerful tool. So, And I think that's exactly what you just said about like it taking is. the responsibility for yourself and making sure you're seeing it happen in that way and not going in with that, well, this is going to be fucked anyways. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Then it will. I mean, for like, sure. What's the point? <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> and so if you even have a thing in your head, all men suck or uh, something, that and you know from your history, right? You could have had that. You could yep. have been like, they all are pieces of shit. Yep. And instead of saying those were just shitty men for me, mm-hmm. like that was not a good match. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, totally. I also think that there's something that ha- you have to take responsibility for your part in that. So, did I deserve my ex husband cheating on me? No. no. Did I deserve the guy after like love bombing me and breaking my heart? No. Was there something in me that was attracting those men into my life? You damn fucking sure. And that was my fear of abandonment. I was walking around with this unhealed fear of abandonment. So I was like, oh, hey, he's going to abandon me. Come on in. He's going to abandon guy. Come on over. You're next up. Um, So it's you have to like. You know that you're not deserving of any of this, but look at yourself and be like, okay, what the fuck in me is attracting this? Because if there's a pattern, that's something you need to pay attention to. Yes. Yes. And it really, you can tell what your patterns are by looking around you every day. Totally. Your money shows your patterns, right? The partner you're with. I will tell you, I've been with good man after good man. It's not like when I was 20, I didn't get cheated on. I I just just brag about it. Why don't you? Well, yeah, I will brag about it. (laughs) But it's because I have a belief about being with good men. Mm. I really do. Like, yeah. I'm not surprised when they show up. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. of course he's a good man. And I'm divorced. I'm divorced. He was a good, he's a good man though. We're still good friends. Right. Like, good man. Good man. Not 
good for me after many, many years, but good man, you know, and then I found another good man. You know, like they're all around people. They're all around, but that's because that's what I'm, you know, and we hear these, oh, it's a needle in a haystack and it's this and all the good men are taken. I hear these things. I'm like, stop saying that stuff. Yeah. Really stop. You're creating your reality. You're creating your reality. Creating it. Yeah. And I do want to say is like a, that last piece to that is focus on what you do want, not what you don't want. Yeah. So if, if you're in and you're thinking, gosh, you know, he didn't put away the dishes and, you know, he always does that and blah, blah, blah. If you're noticing that, then you want to shift that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to have so much abundance in this relationship that I don't even care about dishes. I, I want to have, oh, I want to have 40 people working for us on a huge team who put away dishes. And one person a day puts out one dish. I like whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, like go dream it. Like just start to open your brain to what you do want. I want to only uh, have great sex with this man and not think about, right. you know, like whatever you want, but I think there's totally. And I think there's also something to be said with, I know this from my mom's work that it is possible to work with other people's energy, even if they're not showing up to the table to like do the work themselves. If you go to bed every night and you start seeing your significant other who's lazy as fuck and doesn't want to help and do anything and doesn't spend time with the kids, if you start seeing him in the way that you're wanting him to show up for you and really truly believe, not doing it from a a place of like this motherfucker, I'm going to like will this into existence, (laughs) but seeing him and really like feeling into how thankful and loving and joyous you would feel if all of these things you were asking for Mm -hmm. started showing up you watch how people's energies will start to randomly change for no fucking reason. You know what? It's not random. Schooler and Hunt are two researchers down at University of California, Santa Barbara, who have done this research. They call it a theory of resonance where we sync up Mm. to the energy around us. So if you're in a good mood and your partner comes home in a bad mood and then you go, oh, well, I got in a bad mood because of him. Right, right. uh -uh. You be the dominant vibration in the room. You be the do that when you walk into a meeting or a Zoom or whatever. Do that everywhere you go where people are going to come to where you are. You don't have to go to yes. where they are. That's the codependency. But you totally. have, and it, again, it's science. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not woo woo. Like, airy fairy <laughs> bullshit. It's really yeah. not. And I'm the cynical New Yorker if ever there was one, which is why I know all the science because I never believed in this stuff. And now I can have a very deep spiritual life because I know that the science is there. And so I know when I believe these things and create them, they keep manifesting. They keep showing up in front of me. And hence, yeah. you know, I have teenagers who get along and who I get along well with. I like that. Yeah. Like you can do it. That. You don't have to decide they always fight <laughs> and then you're going to fight with them. I have a 16 year old daughter. You think, no, we hang out like she's dynamic and she's very normal. Trust me. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> but, but we hang out. My son and I hang out. Like it's very possible, but you have to create that in your head yeah. that that's yeah. what's going to happen. And you're right. It has to be from the feeling of that, mm-hmm. how great that feels versus. Yeah. I'm going to make I'm it going to make this happen. Yeah. That's and it's, here. it's so important. And I do want to remind everyone listening that doesn't mean if you're in a shit relationship with a toxic asshole that you should stay in that and like so will true. it into existence. This is obviously like with things that are little things that are wrong and like tweaks mm-hmm. that like you'd love to see made that would make yes. the relationship better. <laughs> and if you're with the toxic guy, you know, to even with that, yes, you should get the hell out of there. And to think this is going to make me better, not bitter. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, love that. I don't have to be all caught up in him and how much I hate it. Because if you leave right. him, but you still hate him, he still has you. Totally. So and every guy after that is going to be the asshole right? and see it's just the same and blah, it, blah, blah, There blah, it blah, is. Blah. It's exhausting. exhausting. It's so exhausting. There's the 11 million bits again. As yeah. opposed to if you leave, when you leave, and you say, yeah, that's I'm going to be better, not bitter. And life is happening for me, not to me. Yes. So yes. this is for my greater good. Look at how far I stretched myself and how I had to work on myself to leave that so that I could be even more developed and attract a man like that. No man who's really together and fabulous is looking for a fixer upper and vice versa. Right. They're That's not. Right. If they're together and you're broke ass, they're not looking at you. Or, or if you think they look so perfect and you're not, there's a problem because right. they're not. <laughs> Trust me. And vice versa, right? You know, that half plus a half equals a whole that we always hear, you know, my other half, mm-hmm. my better half. It's a multiplication problem, not a addition problem. Yeah. And when you have a half a person times a half a person, you have a quarter. You have less than you started with. And yeah. that's what happens. You have a sad time. fucking relationship. You have a sad <laughs> fucking relationship, bringing out the worst to one another day after day. So yes. really, again, start to shift that energy in the relationship. Like, I'm going to be happy in this relationship, and that's how I'm going to leave. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's what gives you the bravery and the the wherewithal and the motivation to go, not when you're miserable and knocked down. So get yourself happy with Mr. Toxic. You know, do it so quickly because you need to get out of there. But, you know, work on that and then go. And you'll see. And remember, you always begin your relationship, the next relationship where you ended the last one. Mm. So you always want to end well. And that's how you stop repeating cycles of being with the same person over and over who just looks very different when you, if I told you how many people I've counseled who married like alcoholics over and over again. Right. Well, I wasn't drinking when I married him. I don't know what happened. You know, it's like, no, I know what happened. That's what you were attracting. Yeah. If you don't fix your shit on the way out, you are going to continuously attract the stuff you don't want. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Over and over. Abby, this has been so amazing. Can you please tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find all the goodies and all the things? Goodies. (laughs) There's so many goodies. Yeah, it's really my website, abbymedcalf.com. The Relationships Made Easy podcast is there. Yeah, which is huge. Like yours, we're all over the world. It's really great, right? We're doing great things with our podcast. It's so great. Um, And my book, all the things you can get there and find social media and all that. But there's so many free resources because I am trying to change the world run one relationship at a time. I love that. Really good evidence-based free information and actual actionable tips. Like here's what you can do. So all that's there. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all this great knowledge with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Abby so much for coming on the show today. Please go check out her podcast, her books, all of her content that is online. I hope you guys got something out of today's episode today, especially not just in a relationship with a significant other. So many times we talk on this show about relationships and how to like make them work and what's toxic and what's not and what you can do to show up as a better version of yourself. And that's always 
not meaning just a significant other. Like that means relationship with your family, relationships with your friends, your coworkers, any type of relationship dynamic in your life, you can apply this stuff to. And I urge you to do so. It will make sure that you have healthier relationships with the people around you. I love you guys. I will see you next week. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatprayfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.